when you go somewhere and it and then it's for real, you're gonna stay there. You know, um, you made a life for yourself there, and you've been there for a long time. I'm going on two decades. You're still a foreigner there. There is nowhere that I go that people don't ask me where I'm from. I cannot be talking to them for a minute before I get that question still. I'm reminded every day I'm not from here. But when I go home, guess what happens to me at home now? I get a question almost every time I talk to somebody who doesn't know me where I'm from. I don't fit in anymore. I just became less Brazilian. Welcome to my first day. I'm Andrew Bracken. After experiencing the disappointment of not getting into medical school in her native Brazil, Victoria Barana found herself lost. Like a lot of 19-year-olds, she didn't know what she should do and where her life was going to take her. She was just searching for an adventure when she flew to San Diego to study English in 1999. Here's Victoria Barana's story of... My first day. You know, the flight was an overnight flight. We had dinner, and then all of a sudden the lights go off. And I guess it's the airplane way of saying, go to bed now. Like, I'm not going to sleep. There is no way. I'm most excited that I've been in a very long time. We landed in L.A. in the morning, like early, early morning. The time that I was running around trying to make the connection was probably a couple of hours. You know, you do customs. That was a trip. I was so nervous. Because back when I came, you know, I came on a student visa and I had all these documents. I-94, I think it was. You know, there were all these precious documents that I had to get, you know, had to have with me in order to make inside. And so that was that was a trip talking, you know, and the guy is like so serious, you know, they talk to you very stern, it felt to me like, you know, what is your business in the United States? And I just wanted to get it right and my English is not that good. Yeah, we got here. My stepmom's daughter picked us up. I was going to spend the first month uh, or two with her. She lived in Wind and Sea. And so she picked us up and drove us up the coast. And I just, I mean, there's just no real describing when you're only 10 hours away from what you grew up used to. And then you land somewhere where everything is different. I mean, the birds are different. The trees are completely different. Just remember being so much sky. And and we stopped at Jamba Juice in PB on the way to uh, her house. And it was just a trip. Like, I don't understand. It was July. So now looking back, it must have been hot. And that's why she took us there. But I just remember thinking, like, why do people eat frozen fruit? Right? Like in Brazil, you go drink juice and, you know, they get the banana and the watermelon and, you know, the mango and it's all right there. They cut it in front of you. They put it in the blender, they blend it, they give it to you, you know, whereas here, like, it was just that sweaty slush of stuff. And I was like, okay, I guess that's how they do it. <laughs> we drove home and again, you know, I'm just so struck by all of the different um, trees and like the different environment. And I remember vividly wanting to touch the Pacific because I had never touched the Pacific before. Walking down to the beach from where she was and just being struck at how even the beach, you know, you would think this is just a place where ocean ends and there's sand and you would think it's the same everywhere. Of course it's not, but you know, back then I just remember being struck by it. 
we were staying in Westbourne Street in Windensea. And so I think I came toward the end of the week. My classes were supposed to start the next week at some point. And I took English as a second language, ESL classes at Converse, which is still there too. It's on 9th and Broadway. And so I took the 30 bus from Wind and Sea, you know, all the way to Converse in downtown. And, you know, you would think if you are a person that has to take the bus in San Diego every day, and, you know, I've tried to use public transportation more often, it's just so difficult. But back then, because I was in this adventure, you know, because it was just, I actually almost looked forward to it. It was a way that I could see the city. There was a little, you know, there was a, a rhythm to it. You know, you're 19 and it's the first time that you're going to be by yourself. You know, in Brazil, it's a little different than here in the sense that people don't don't leave their parents' house until later on now. But there are no roommates, you know, you don't go out to college and live somewhere else. It's very rare. And so it was my first time where I was going to be on my own and the excitement that I was feeling. Like, it's a little... Uh, anxiety, it's a little fear, and it's a lot of, you know, I felt like n I could not go wrong. When you're young like that and, and you know what you want to do, you take chances that maybe an, an adult or an older person wouldn't take. And I think that I had that in a bottle, like literally I was drinking my own Kool-Aid, <laughs> you know? I had all that excitement going on, but that's pretty much what I remember feeling, a variety of emotions that you don't feel every day, you know, and the very fact that you're asking me these questions and I can access those emotions that I can access, you know, even that I have those memories, it just goes to show you, you know, it was a big event in my life, obviously. In high school, I was pre-med. I wanted to go to medical school. And in Brazil, you know, you go to medical school or law school or whatever school, straight out of high school. I think that I didn't take school as seriously as I should have. I thought, oh, I, I'm going to be able to do it. You know, I had good grades without really trying that hard. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to study a little extra and I'm going to get in. And I didn't. And it was the first, like, real failure that I experienced, you know, because, I don't know, I think I believed that I was going to get in. After not getting into med school, she attended a different university where she began to study advertising. She quickly realized, though, it was not for her and felt pretty lost. That's also when the idea of coming to San Diego first started brewing in her head. So my stepmother's daughter was in town. I was sharing with her, like, ugh, I don't know what I want to do. And she's like, you should just come over. But, you know, it wasn't something that everybody at home was really excited about at first. I'm the first person in my family, really the only person in my family, to graduate college. And so for my dad, who started college but didn't finish, it was very important for him. He wants me to graduate college. And so he wasn't very, you know, stoked when I said, oh, I think I'm just going to bebop around the world a little bit. <laughs> um, and so I kind of had to prove that I was in the right path. I think he instilled in me the importance that it was to actually do something that's going to advance my you know, life. And I thought that 
learning English, being fluent in English, there's just, even if I just had that, I could go home and make something out of that. And so I said, you know, I'm just going to go spend a year there. And I think I would be pretty fluent after that time. And I would go back home and figure it out. During her first semester studying English, some friends Victoria met at a party suggested she check out community college as a way to learn English and go to school with native speakers. Soon, what started out as a one-year adventure turned into something more, leading her to college and eventually law school. But I feel like once I went to community college, that's, that's when I started really speaking English and dreaming in English. And before my first year, I started dreaming in English, which was a trip. I would wake up in the middle of the night like, what was that? Was I, was I thinking in English or was I thinking in Portuguese? And I don't dream in Portuguese anymore. It's very, very rare. Do you remember, like, the first time you dreamt in English or anything? I wouldn't say I remember the first time. I just remember it being around that time. And the reason why I knew that I had been, that it was dramatic was that it was my, you know, it was my dad speaking with me in English instead of in Portuguese. And so I wake up and I'm like, what? And then it was only after I took those community college classes and I came home with a, a 4.0 GPA and I told... My dad, like, listen, you know, I really want to do this, and I think I can do it. Look, you know, I did go to school. I got good grades. I worked hard. Um, at that point, I wanted, I needed his help if I was going to be able to stay here. And he totally got behind me. Uh, without my dad, I would not have been able to do it. My dad at that point was in his 50s, and he didn't have that. You know, I think that he thought I was taking such a huge risk and I was going to put all this money into this and then come back home with nothing to show for it. And so I think that he's not getting behind me right away was more of a protective, you know, feature of parenthood or parenting than, than not wanting me to succeed. He just didn't want me to fail. Um, and I think that when I came back and I showed him that you know, I'm succeeding, I can do this, I'm going to work hard, and we had that conversation. I think that at that point, he was totally behind me, and he's my biggest fan now. I mean, he's so proud of me, and I think that he just is really stoked that he believed at that point, you know, because then I, I was free to put the work in and transform my life, really. As Victoria settled into her life as a student here, Life wasn't without its challenges, especially when it came to making friends. That was something else that at first I thought, wow, um, am I ever going to make a friend here? You know, at first I just really hung out with either Brazilians or foreigners because I thought it was really hard to break through. And I think when you have an accent... It, it might be human nature, I don't know, because I sometimes feel myself resisting people that have a hard time speaking English or a language that I can communicate with, you know. I think when you have a hard time communicating in a language, people tend to have a hard time letting you in. And so I think that it was part and parcel with becoming more capable to communicate in English that I started becoming more capable of making connections, real connections with um, English-speaking people. When you go somewhere and, it, and then it's for real, you're going to stay there, you know. 
Um, you made a life for yourself there and you've been there for a long time. I'm going on two decades. You're still a foreigner there. There is nowhere that I go that people don't ask me where I'm from. I cannot be talking to them for a minute before I get that question still. I'm reminded every day I'm not from here. But when I go home, guess what happens to me at home now? I get a question almost every time I talk to somebody who doesn't know me where I'm from. I don't fit in anymore, either because of the way that I sound or, you know, the clothes that I wear. I just became less Brazilian. Almost 20 years have gone by since Victoria stepped off the plane in San Diego for the first time. Now, working as a public defender, Victoria's come a long way from her first day here, something she was reminded of when her dad first visited San Diego just last year. He noticed things that I forgot that they were novel, right? I mean, we don't have crows in Brazil. There's just no such a thing as a crow. And here, they're everywhere, and they're jumping around and making noise. And my dad, I kid you not, I mean, his fascination for the crow, like, reminded me of being there in his shoes and just being like, what is this weird bird that sounds like a dog? <laughs> that thing is huge. <laughs> what is this, you know? It's, a lot, it's been a long, long ways here. Um, it's really cool to revisit it because <laughs> I think if you had told that girl that got on the plane in 1999 that you'd fast forward almost 20 years and she would be a public defender in San Diego, it's laughable, right? It's just not like you look at it and it's no, there is no way. But what a trip has been. You know, I think that that first day is always going to be my, you know, jumping board in a sense to this new life that I'm living. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at kpbs.org slash myfirstday. My name is Andrew Bracken. My First Day was produced by me for AB Squared Creative Group, with music today by Chris Curtis and Carlos Segovia. Support for this program comes from the KPBS Explore Local Content Fund, supporting new ideas and programs for San Diego. For KPBS, Melanie Drogseth is programming coordinator. Nate John is innovation specialist. Jill Linder is programming manager. And John Decker is Director of Programming. See you next time.